had died a few years before that, and he was, he was, he was religious. He kept the uh, Jewish rituals and holidays. And all of a sudden, there's something that rose up in me. No one else around me. It's not like I, I observed someone else. And all of a sudden, I, I decided to seek God. And I started to go to the synagogue every week. I was the only teenager there. And, and I, I decided I wanted to be a rabbi. A rabbi is a Hebrew word which means teacher. And a rabbi is sort of a pastor for Jewish people, the leader of a congregation. And I went off, I left my home, and I went off to a Jewish school called the yeshiva where I went to study. And I decided that I was going to find God, I was going to seek him. But as soon as I got there, they gave me this book of rules. They said, if you're going to meet up with God, if you want to please him, you better, you better follow the rules in this book. And I opened up the book, and there's thousands of rules, laws for everything. I, I looked it up online. The book is called the Shulchan Aruch. It says you, there's laws for da daily laws, Sabbath laws, holiday laws, laws about food relations with non-Jews, loans, menstruation. I read that twice, but I was 15. What do you expect? <laughs> Immersion, vows and oaths, honoring parents and scholars, Torah study, charity, circumcision, Torah and doorpost scrolls, new crops, mixtures, firstborn, offerings from bread, crops, and flocks, the ban, illness, death, burial, mourning, laws of procreation, marriage, and divorce. I'm, I'm going to stop there. But there's a law, there's a rule for everything. And if, you, if you're going to be right with God, you better keep every one of them. You better know these laws. And it started by the time you woke, woke up in the morning for a Jewish person that's religious, you can't walk more than five feet without washing your hands. That's where the ritual starts. But still, I said, I'm going to press through this. I'm, I'm going to find God. I went, to, I went into the yeshiva, and I got ready for the prayer time. The Jewish people pray three times a day. Why? Because the Bible says Daniel prayed three times a day. So they made a law, you got to pray three times a day. So I sat down, and I was going to make up, I was going to say a prayer, and they told me, you can't say your own prayer. They gave me a book. Here's the book with all the prayers in it. You read the prayers out of the book, because who are you to make up your own prayer when we've had all these great teachers making wonderful prayers? So every day... Three times a day, I read the same prayers over and over and over again. Then I said, well, at least I can study the Word. I, I want to I get into the Bible, hear what God has to say. So I started the class on the first day. They said, you can't study the Word for yourself. You're, you're not qualified. That's for the scholars. That's for the great a, a book written by the rabbis so it, that will tell you what the men say about the Bible. You see, in, 
in religious Judaism. There's nothing of creativity, nothing of passion. There's no relationship with God. They tell you that God is unknowable. He's way up there someplace. And you don't know if he likes you or he's going to step on you. So you better keep these rules. Watch out for those rules. If you miss one time, you don't know. They, they would even say, well, maybe God won't kill you. But maybe, I'll, maybe you put your hand in your pocket and reach for a quarter and you'll pull out a dime instead. That's God punishing you. See, it's Judaism is basically a picture of an unknowable, distant, angry God. Totally opposite from the whole Bible from beginning to end. From the, even in the Old Testament. It's all about God reaching down for us. Not God making millions and millions of rules and obstacles. And putting man in the way. See, you don't, you don't need to have, to have man to, to be in between you and God. You are qualified. Why? Because God, from the beginning, his heart is to reach out for you. As a father reaches out for his lost children. The Bible says it's like a bridegroom reaching out for the bride. God... God his heart is to call to you, to reach down to you, to pull you up to where he is. The total opposite of religion. You know what religion is? It's man's attempt to somehow build a bridge to reach God, and you never make it. You can never be good enough. Nothing you ever do is good enough. You're never qualified. You see, and that's why Jesus came. He came to reveal God. Anything you want to know about who God is, you can find in Jesus. His love, his compassion, his power, his desire to be with his people. He ate and he drank with the people. He wasn't distant. It's the total opposite of what I learned. See, it didn't take me long in being in the yeshiva that I decided I don't want none of this. If that's who God is, if he's, if he's boring, if he don't want nothing to do with me, if I'm not good enough, if everything is just ritual, nothing of creativity, not, nothing of fire, no relationship, no intimacy, no walk with God. I don't want to know this God. And within the two years I was in yeshiva, I was in jail five times, getting in trouble, sneaking out. I could care less. I, I didn't want to know that God anymore. I don't... I, there's nothing makes me angry more than dead religion because it's so much the opposite of the authentic, a passionate, loving God who lives to bless you. He lives to love you. His desire, his heart is to bring you to him. Not because you keep a bunch of rules, but because he died for you. It's his grace. It's his love. He gave the best. 
He gave everything he had to bring you to himself. And here's man teaching. No, you're not good enough. you got to do this and that. God's love is great, but you got to earn it. In fact, here's what Jesus said about these religious people. Matthew 15, verse 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Even back then, Jesus said, these people, these, these people that look so religious, See, they wear the right clothes. I mean, if you go down to see where the religious Jews are, you'll be so impressed. Oh, that's a holy man of God. These, these robes, the, the long beards, the, the hat, especially on the holidays and the Sabbath, and, and the way that they can recite the prayers. They know the word. But without love, without the spirit of God, it's all dead. Jesus said, this is all in vain. All your prayers, everything you're doing, all your Bible study, if it's without love, if it's without passion, it's all for nothing. You wasted your time. In fact, Jesus said, he, Jesus was speaking with his disciples. And here's what he told them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, who are the Pharisees and the Sadducees? They were the guys that made up all these rules. They were the religious leaders in the time of Jesus. So in the, when you read the Gospels and you read where it says the, Jesus, the Jews were against Jesus, don't think about the average Jew that went to work every day and knew nothing. In fact, the, the average Jewish person in Jesus' time, the Bible said that they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed and helpless. It's talking, when it says the Jews that were fought against him, it's talking about these Sadducees, about, about these Pharisees, the guys who made the rules. And they fought Jesus. Why? Because he didn't care about their rules. They said, you can't heal on the Sabbath. That's in their law. In fact, you can't even wear false teeth on the Sabbath. So never mind healing the sick. Can you imagine that uh, somebody for, for years and years was bent over, couldn't walk? Jesus healed the person on the Sabbath. And instead of the, everybody saying, praise God, whoever saw such a thing, that somebody who was bound for years and years in sickness is set free. They got angry because Jesus violated their rules and they fought against him. They tried to kill him. Everywhere that he went, they tried to stop him. The son of God, the, the, the one who was promised because he didn't fit into their picture and because he didn't validate them. But Jesus, so Jesus was talking to the disciples and he said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then in the next scripture, it tells us what that means. 
Beware of the teachings of the Pharisees. and the Sa Beware of what those religious teachers are saying. But here's the interesting thing. He wasn't talking to the religious Jewish leaders. He was talking to the Christians. You know why he said that? Be careful as Christians that this same stuff I'm talking about doesn't creep into you, doesn't begin to creep into the church. Because I'll tell you something. I got saved about 20 years later after I became an atheist. And I used to write papers trying to prove that God didn't exist. I, I, I so hated the idea that was created in Orthodox Judaism of this angry, distant, mean God that I said he can exist. And I did everything I could to prove he didn't. So years later, I got saved. And I started to go to church. And guess what I found? A lot of the same stuff that I experienced when I was a religious Jew. Oh, you have to wear a suit to church. You have to show reverence. Where in the Bible does it say you have to wear a suit to church? Somebody show me. If you can't show me something in the Bible, you better be quiet. I don't care about your rules. You can keep your rules. People say, oh, well, that, that shows reverence if you wear a suit. I've been around the church world too long to ever think there's any connection between someone wearing a suit and being reverent. They told me, I went, the church I went to, they said they, all they did was hymns when they first got saved. They say, Open your book to number 22, Almighty Fort. Every day the same songs over and over. And, and I love the old song. But I say, what about a new song? Oh, the new songs, we, we don't, can't use new songs. These, these old guys from back in the day, who are we to make new songs? When these scholars, when these great men wrote the great story, the same junk I heard when I was in Orthodox Judaism is the same stuff I heard in the church. I said, what about rap and hip-hop in the church? Oh, that's from the devil. Oh, that's the devil's music. Since when does the devil own any music? Where's that in the Bible? You know a General Booth who started the Salvation Army in the 1800s? He said, why should the devil have all the good music? There's no, the devil owns no music. This is all the teachings, the rules of men. They t people told me, don't get too excited about, oh, you're getting too excited. you got to be in balance in your life. Don't, don't go crazy about your Christianity. Where in the Bible does it tell us not to go passionately, fiery, crazy in, in our Christian pursuit of Jesus? And then I, they said, no dancing in the church, don't, no screaming in the church. Everything the total opposite of what I heard in the Bible. Beware of the teachings of the Pharisees. You better examine everything that you believe. And it better be in the Word before you tell me I can't do it. You tell me I can't dance around in church. You, you better show me in the Bible.
Even though it's Psalms, it says, praise him with the damned. And then you have. Be, be defined by your godliness. Don't be defined by the values of this world. It's actually, this is freeing to women because they don't have to feel like I got to be a supermodel to, be, to, to have worth and value. And the church turned it all around just to figure out how we can make more rules. They have to wear this clothes. You can't, oh, you can't do your hair. You can't dye your hair. You, it's all the work of man. And, and that's why Jesus warned against it. So I'm, I'm going to ask Jasmine to come right now. I, I want you to hear some, some of her testimony. Good morning, family. God bless you all. Um, I want to share some of my testimony. Um, three years before coming to Sanctuary, right, I had a close family member who would constantly invite me to their church. It's like a, you know, Spanish Pentecostal church. And I was like, you know, at that time I was still into my worldly life. So I was like, yeah, maybe one day. So I was going through some stuff, and I was like, you know what? I just need some positive energy right now. So I decided to go visit his church, and the first thing he told me was like, oh, you have to wear a skirt, and you can't show your tattoo. So that threw me off a little. I was like, so basically you want me to go being not me, be somebody else? But I was like, all right, I'll try it out. So I went. And the whole time I was there, like, I felt very uncomfortable. Like, I didn't feel like I belonged. So after that day, I didn't go back to church for another three years until my friend Jessica um, invited me. And she would speak to me about God, but when she would speak to me, she would tell me the things he did for her and her experiences. It was never, like, what I had to do. So I was like, you know what? I, I want to check it out. So... That very first day, it was like the worship team, even the preaching, like it was speaking right to me, right to my situation. It was like, 
like, wow, what is this? Like, I never saw God in this light. So I was like, if this is how God is, I want in. So um, I kept coming to sanctuary, you know, kept digging in. And, you know, I started hearing that God speaks. I never heard that. I was like, God speaks. Like, really? So I was like, I want this. Like, I want to hear from God. So um, Pastor Gary, you know, he led me and he um, took me under his wing and he started from God and um, I went to a prophetic training and you know I shared it with my family member or whatever and they were like um, they believe that only certain people hear from God they don't believe that we all have that gift but in Joel 2 28 and in Acts 2 it says my sons and daughters will prophesy right God will pour his spirit out on the last days Young man would see visions, old man would see dreams, right? So as I, you know, I would go back to my friends and stuff and, you know, express everything I went through. And they would tell me, you know, you need to listen to what the word says, not what people say. You know, I'm still new to this. So I'm like, okay. You know, I took that to heart. And I was like, you're right. Like, I mean, it makes sense, right? We, we need to hear from God, not from men. So I kept digging in, digging in, and... Um, then I joined the dance team, Joel too. And again, he came at me again, like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. Um, you know, that's against God's will. That's like from the world. And I was just, you know, I was confused and taken back because this person means a lot to me. And I'm just like, would they, you know, lie to me that way? But, um, you know, again, I went to Gary and, you know, my leaders, and they would encourage me and tell me once again, like, you need to stick to your word. Does the word say that? And I'm like, no. So, again, I just brushed it off, and I was like, you know what? I just want God. Like, I want to hear directly from him. I don't want no middleman. I want to hear directly from God. So I continue. I did not give up, and, um, you know, I did. I started hearing from God myself. He started talking to me in dreams, and I was just like, wow, this is real, like, you know, and after hearing, like, what God did for me on that cross, like, it just stirred something, stirred something in me, and just this passion rose, and I was just like, you know, I want to love him, like, you know, he died for me, I want to live for him, so, you know, I just kept, you know, pursuing him, and, um, you know, I kept asking him, though, like, God, you know, um, is, what, what's going on with my family member? Because, you know, I love them, and I want them to see the truth also. So I was like, you know, he'll speak to me. And it took one day that um, um, we was having the Harvest Festival. That same, day, that same night before, um, you know, w when I woke up that night, I had a dream. And um, I was sitting in the car, ready to drive. But, like, I was scared to drive because um, I didn't have my license. And, like, all around the block, there was, like, cop cars, and there was cops in it, but they were all, like, sleeping. So I'm like, what does this mean? When I woke up in the morning, I was eager to, like, find Gary. I was like, once I go to church, I'm going to Gary. Like, what does this mean? So once I came, um, Gary wasn't here yet. I started, you know, working at my booth. But once I saw Gary, I was like, oh, um, can I use the bathroom? So I came to the bathroom first. I really needed to use the bathroom. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> So my, my phone started ringing off the hook. I guess I had no service back there. So when I came over here, I started to get service. And it was off the hook. So when I looked, 
is my family member, you know, and he started telling me, I'm so disappointed in you. How are y'all celebrating Halloween? I don't approve of your church. I rebuked them. And I was just, I was just set back. Like, I was just like, I don't receive this. I was like, first of all, will God speak to me in that way? I don't think so. So, you know, the first thing I did was went to Pastor Gary, and I even forgot about the dream for a minute there. And I came to Gary and, and um, Pastor George, and, you know, they started to encourage me and tell me, like, you know, like Gary was saying, those are like rituals. Like, that's their own personal convictions, you know, him wanting to come at me for, you know, what are we doing? Um, we're doing God's work. Like, no day belongs to the enemy. So every day is God's day. So regardless of what day it is, what the world celebrates, we're going to celebrate God, right? So um, then I was like, before we finished speaking, I told Gary, oh, wait, I have a dream I have to tell you. So when I share the dream with Gary, he comes and he tells me that um, me being in the car it signifies my ministry. So me not wanting to drive was the law keeping me behind, keeping me away from driving in you know my ministry, like going full force without any distractions. And that just like I was like, that's it. Like that's what I needed. You know, I knew God was gonna speak to me in the right timing and the right way and like make it very clear for me. And that day it was clear right on. Cause when I dance and I worship God, it's just a feeling like, like this is where I belong. Like a feeling, the best feeling in the world. Like something how I never felt. Like, like um, Pastor George said, that one thing, that one thing, that's all you need is to be in the presence of God. And that's where I feel at home. And um, I'm happy. Like um, it's not about the things that we have to do because um, works is you know, we're not saved by works, we're saved by his grace, what he did on the cross. So it's a matter of receiving it. It was more of an identity issue for me at that moment because I didn't see who I truly was in God. But now that I'm getting to the understanding of what God did for me and who I am to him, and, you know, receiving his love and loving him back with the love he gave me, that's what I live for, to worship him and to be near to his heart. And that's, that's truly all I need. And... I thank God. Oh, praise. Amen. Colossians 2.20 in the Message Bible. So then if with Christ you put all that pretentious and infantile religion behind you, why do you let yourself be bullied by it? Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't go near this. That's just what she's saying. A harvest festival. Why should you be out reaching the community when you could be hiding in your house somewhere? That's the rule. Don't touch Sometimes I'm with these religious people, and I'm eating, eating my food, enjoying it. Why are you enjoying that food so much? You should be focused on Jesus. Don't enjoy the world. Just keep away. You can't watch TV. You can't have fun. You can't go there. Don't touch. Don't taste. That is dead religion. God created this world for you so that you could enjoy it, So that because he wants to bring you pleasure. That's his heart. When it's all said and done, God's not going to ask you, did you wear pants? Did you wear makeup? He doesn't care if you wear makeup, you don't wear makeup. 
He doesn't care. He doesn't care about pants. He, that's that's not the things that the Bible emphasizes. It takes the smallest issues and puts them in the forefront. The only thing that God's going to ask you: How much did you love Him? How, how how much do you pursue Him? Do you live for Him? See, it's His heart to give you joy, to give you pleasure. It's all about a relationship. I was so happy to get free from Judaism, and I was so frustrated to come into the church and find the same man-made rules. Don't let, them, don't let those things hold you back anymore. I release you into freedom right now in Jesus' name. I break any guilt that you might have from the past. In Jesus' name, any condemnation, any words that have been spoken over you by the self-righteous because of how you dress or, or, or how you worship. In Jesus' name, I decree over you that you are free in the name of Jesus. I, I want to tie this all in with the fast. So I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 58. See, here's what happened in Isaiah 58. The religious Jews, they came to God and complained. They said, we've been fasting. We've been keeping all the holidays. We wear the religious clothes. Words. We memorized all the prayers. We go to the, for, to the synagogue for all the holidays. We light the candles. We do the rituals. But yet, you're not blessing us. They, they couldn't understand. They said, we, just like we're doing, they would have a fast. And they said, we fasted and prayed, but we don't see any answer. We don't see any results of all our hard effort. And here's what God answered them. Isaiah 58, verse 5. The fast I have chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will appear, quickly appear then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk. See, this fast we're doing, it's not a ritual. It's, it's not, oh, this is the beginning of the year, so we got to do a fast because all the other churches are doing it. And then expect, well, God's going to bless us. 
It's not about a, a fast for one week. It's about a lifestyle. It's about love. It, it's about living for God. And here's what I believe God's going to do during this fast. He, not only is he going to answer the prayers that you, that you send up to him during the fast, but he's going to do a work in you. He's going to begin to release freedom. He's going to begin to break off oppression in your life. He's going to change your situation. The Bible says that he does more than you would even ask or think. More above what you can imagine. I believe that we need to increase our expectation during the fast. During this fast, this is what the Lord impressed on me as I read the scripture about fasting. And this is just in line with what Pastor George said before. During this fast, Find somebody you can be a blessing to. See, that's real fast. That's better than going without the lunch. But going without the lunch is good. But let me tell you something better, that when you go to work and somebody's hurting, you say, hey, I got, I got a word that's going to encourage you. Let me just share something with you. Let me pray with you. Somebody who, who, who shares a need, who say, I'll help you. I'll stand with you. That That's that's true fasting. That's true Christianity. Authentic. It's something real. I'm tired of dead religion. I'm tired of something fake. Oh, oh, but I fast better than you. Oh, you fast. Here's what I hear, Pastor George. Oh, two weeks? You're two weeks? Oh, we're doing six weeks. Well, oh, we're real religious here. That is dead, prideful garbage. If I'm going to come here to preach today out of my sick bed, I'm going to tell you the truth. Otherwise, I'm going to go lay back down in my bed. It's not about how many weeks you're doing it. God is just so pleased with you for your heart to say, I'm going to spend this time. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to go after him. And, 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 and I'm willing, I'm open to be changed like Isaiah 58. God, change me. Fill me with your love. I want to be a person of compassion. I want, I want to be your arms, your feet here on earth. So, so here's how I want to close today. I'm going to ask for those in, in the prayer team if you can come forward. Pretty please. And, um, and for the worship team, I'm just going to ask if just um, the musicians could come. And, and the rest of you here, this is what I want to do. Also, those in the worship team can come, whoever prays in the worship team. We need people because we want to do this quickly. I, I want you right now. To ask God what the focus of this fast is for you. Because we're doing this with purpose. There, there's going to be destiny that's going to come out of this fast. We're, we're, not, we're not shooting a miss. 
It's like an arrow. We're going to hit the target. I want you to ask God. And if you're as a family, and you ask God, what is the one thing that I'm believing for in this fast? Is it for a breakthrough in your marriage? Is it for finances? Is it to get closer to God? Whatever that is, the Bible, we, we need to pray specifically. If you pray general prayers, you know what you get? General answers. When Jesus prayed for someone, he said, What do you want me to do for you? That's my question to you right now. What do you want God to do for you during this time of fasting? That's going to be the starting point, And then he's going to do even greater things, even more. Because you're fasting out of your heart of love for him, not out of ritual. Not because Pastor George said it, it, put it, that this is a time of year. And I'm going to ask everyone to stand right now. And Mario's going to pray over you. And then I want you just to come forward again. If you're here with your family, come forward. And I want you to go to one of these people. And they're going to pray with you in agreement, a short prayer. And this is going to be the thing that's going to launch the fast. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God for a mighty testimony. We're going to believe you're never going to be the same. God's going to turn it upside down. He's going to do whatever he got to do. That depression you're living with, in two more weeks, it's gone. I decree it. I declare it now, that sickness, that broken marriage is going to be healed. God can do a quick work, but we got to target. We got to pray with intention, with purpose. we worship you today, God. Lord, we honor you today, God. God, we look to you today, God. Not in our own strength and not in our own power, God. But God, Lord, we look to you today, God. God, we're looking to you with expectation, Father. Father, our hearts are yearning for you, God. Father, we're asking you, Lord God, that during this time, God, that, Lord, you would meet us, Lord God. That, Father, you would visit us, Lord God. That, God, you will pour out your spirit, my God. That, Lord God, the things that are holding people back will no longer hold them back, Father. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, for a great breakthrough, God. Father, I'm asking for a breakthrough, God. I'm asking you for a mighty breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord God, I ask you that every stronghold, God, that has been holding back your people, God, will be broken in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I ask you, Lord God, that, Lord, you will pour out your spirit, Lord God, in great measure, Lord God, in a great measure, God, in a great measure, Lord God. Rabo shatarabaya, robo that God you will move in great expectation God that God you will move God like never before my God that Lord we would expect great things 
from you, Lord God. That, Lord, you provide direction, Lord God. That you will provide deliverance, Lord God. That you will break off addiction, Lord God. That you will break off religion, Lord God. That you will break off expectations, Lord God. That you will cause love to reign in this place, Lord God. That you will be everything that we would need, Lord God. In Jesus' name, my God. Father, I ask you, Lord God, greater faith this season, Lord God. Greater measure in you, Lord God. And that, God, we will hold on to you, Lord God, just like Joshua, Lord God. And we wouldn't let you go, God, until you bless us, Lord God. Until you give us a thing, Lord God, that you desire for us. And, Lord, we thank you today, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to invite you quickly to come forward. And I want you to share that prayer. You share it with that person. Everything that you share is confidential. 